This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Are you thinking about doing your own podcast, but you don't know how? Well, have you heard about Anchor? It's actually the platform that I'm hosting through this right now. And yes, it's free. Not only is it free, it's super easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It's really that easy. And guess what? You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. I can be here and talk to shit. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. having said that, Mulan sucked dick. <laughs> uh, yeah. One of I the worst, like it. one of the worst fucking films I have seen in a very long time. And I want to say that only because the trailer was so good. And right. the way they set us up as an audience, they made it seem like, look. This is not going to be like your typical Disney film. We're not going to try to go ahead and follow these Disney tropes. We are going to have a film based on this uh, Chinese legend. Right. And we're going to have creative freedom with this. Right. No music, no nothing. Got it. What the f- in five, four, three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. But we have Ed Park, uh, VP in the house. So Not Ed, too. Not Ed Two. This is another uh, smooth talking Ed, Ed Park. I know uh, two Ed Parks. I know like seventeen actually. <laughs> <laughs> if you go to a Korean church, you know a uh, Ed yeah. Park, a uh, Eunice Kim, uh, Esther O. Nope. Oh. All Korean girls are named Esther, Grace, Gloria. Yeah, <laughs> I, I hardly meet a white girl named Esther. Right, <laughs> it's like this old biblical ass fucking name. I don't even think I've met a like a Jewish girl named Esther. Yeah, like, they're all Korean. Yeah, they're all Korean. If you notice too, if you guys have Korean friends, all of our names are biblical as shit. Like David, John, Peter. I asked my mom why they named me and my brother Benjamin and Edward. Uh, and they're just like, I don't know. It's like a Benjamin Franklin. Is like, yeah. <laughs> I think you're, you're Appa like the Benjamin. Yeah, but, he's like a money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't remember why they like the Edward. Yeah. <laughs> my mom doesn't even sound like that. I know. <laughs> Anyway. Yeah, I, I told you about this. So we have a, we have a friend named a mutual friend named Dan, right? A real, really good friend of ours. Fucking Dan's mom is the most hilarious person to me <laughs> because this woman can't speak English to save her life, but she refuses to speak Korean. She that's true. I go oh, Anyasa, and there's never any Korean. Yeah, me and, and then she's speaking to me in English. I met her once. I don't know what the fuck she's saying. <laughs> just speak, just speak Korean for me and you. I'm literally speaking to her in Korean, right? And she's responding to me, responding back to me in broken English. I don't know what she's saying. You know what it is? It's like me and my mom's Konglish. Mm-hmm. It's just between she and I. Yeah. If I ever try to talk to somebody like a, the way I talk to my mom, I'd sound like an idiot. Yeah. But I think she's trying to communicate to us like the way she communicates to, to Dan. Dan. Okay, that <laughs> makes sense. We don't understand her English. Yeah. Like Dan understands her Konglish. Okay. Yeah. Because that it was on. like she was speaking Swahili to me. I'm like, <laughs> yo, what is this lady doing? And I remember just in that moment, I'm like, does she think I'm fucking like dumb? Does she think I'm dumb? 
the, that's the cutest part about it. I think she's trying her best. Yeah. <laughs> like, please. I don't think she understands. If she just spoke Korean, it makes it easier for yeah. both of us. It's like, uh, I'm not hyper fluent in Korean, but I have like, I can speak Korean at like a fourth grade level. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Which is pretty damn fucking good that's for a person who grew up in America's whole life. Oh man, dog! I just remember just sitting there, just frustrated. I'm like, this lady is actually starting to piss me off. <laughs> like, like, we're not getting anywhere in this conversation. Most of our conversations, especially when I'm with Dan, is just like, mm, yeah, like we're going to church, mm-hmm. we're doing Bible study. She's is she hyper religious like your mom too? In yeah, in incredibly religious, hyper hyper. Mm, okay, it's like okay, so. When we were in college, me and Dan living together, and we had to drop some drop something off at his house. So, I don't know how it got to it, like, but you know, back in the day, I, I was a major theologian too. Yeah, and um, I don't know how it got to this conversation, but we were talking about cremation, <laughs> and my idea was just like, yeah, just cremate me, just get rid of me. I'm, I'm done with this earth. I just be dust, but. She had this incredibly theological end times answer as to why we have to preserve our bodies because Jesus is coming back and we need our bodies to be made anew. Like, like she's got an argument for it. Like, so yeah, that the the religious aspect of it is just mm, mm. nah. You know, I didn't even know it was called cremated for the longest time, and I found it on JK News because I kept on calling it getting roasted. <laughs> and then everybody looked at me mortified. Like, that's a very crude thing to say. I'm like, what? Like it's, it's called cremated. I'm like, how's it called cremated? Like, doesn't getting make any creamed. Sense. Like, I was like, what the fuck? That logically doesn't make any sense. Getting whipped up for something. They're like, it's called cremation. I'm like, it's not called roasted. They're like, no, that's what are you a fucking chicken, you jackass? I mean, like, I wouldn't blame you. Honestly, like, especially for us, like, Korean Americans have a unique experience growing up in America because some vocabulary never reaches us. Oh, 100. percent Like, if you're reading. Uh, like Garfield comics. What is Garfield like to eat? Lags lagna. They're just like dog, the I want to have some of this lasagna. Dog, the fucking best thing was remember when we put in this kit the fucking todori. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta tell that story, dude. Right. So um, <laughs> when we're like middle school, high school, we got our friends. Like, okay, so the thing about Tacoma. And if you're from Tacoma, you know this. Like, you have a friend that's half white, half black, half Korean, or something, because there's a major military base there, mm. Fort Lewis. It's where everyone's stationed before they go to Korea or when they come back from Korea. They usually like, come back with a wife. Yeah, with a wife. So that's why so many of my friends are half white, half Korean. Benson half black, Henderson. Korean. Yeah, Benson He's from Henderson's Seattle, right? from there. He's yeah. from Federal Way, Tacoma. Dan went to church with him. Oh, really? Yeah. So like Tacoma, Federal, that area, it's like pretty small, and you know a lot of um, hapas, mm-hmm. pretty much. Why the fuck are we talking about this right now? Oh, just go go. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, I don't even know where to go from here. Oh, Why we were we talking about this. Talk about todori. Todori. Oh, okay. So, um, uh, my friend Joey, he's half white, and um, all of our friends will have multicultural parents. And such. So he's white, doesn't speak Korean. His mom comes in when we're hanging out in his room, and she's like, "Joey, I'm going to the market. Like, what do you want to eat?" And he's like, oh, "I don't know. Whatever." Getting there, I buy snack. Oh, you like todori? What? He's like todori. You like todori, right? You guys like todori? We're like, we don't know what todori is. And then like, 
She's like, come on, you guys eat todori all the time. And he's like, mom, we don't know what todori is, all right? He's like, you, you guys eat the nachos. <laughs> Doritos? <laughs> <laughs> It's like, it's, it's, Todori sounds like a delicious Korean snack. It's like a Korean kid <laughs> yeah. snack or something. It's like, if anyone's out there, you should take that name now, Todori. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a delicious kid, Todori, snack. Dude. My, my kid's name is Todori, dude. That's fucking hilarious, man. There's like so many things like my, like things get lost in translation too. Or sometimes like, like the English language is very nuanced, you know? Yeah. Like you can't just take things. Like, it is for what it is. Like, for example, uh, I remember one time I got my ass beat by my mom because when we were coming into the store, the door slammed on my hand. I was like, oh, shit, right? And she looked at me. She goes, yeah, shit? Shit the more? She just heard the bad word, and she thought that I was saying it to her or about coming to the store. But I literally got my fingers smashed, you know? And she was like, shit, and then she starts beating my fucking ass saying like you ungrateful little shit you don't want to come to i have to work here all the time i'm like yo like my fucking thumb is all purple and blue but she doesn't even know what's going on and i'm explaining to her i'm not saying shit because i have to be at the store i'm saying shit she goes no i know when people say shit what it's for i'm like no you don't you don't understand (laughs) you know i got in a lot of shit because i said what the heck once Oh, well, you couldn't even say what the heck. What the heck? No, I couldn't say you're stupid between my siblings <laughs> or shut. Okay, shut up. We can't say shut up to like our when we were growing up um, to each other. So I have a younger sister, older brother. So by I think what is it like tenth, ninth grade, tenth grade? Lincoln Park came out with their first album. Mm. What's their first hit song? It's like dun 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 dun. Actually, I can't remember the name. Yeah. So. Whenever we bought shit, my dad would always listen or watch it first to say, mm-hmm. see if it was okay. A lot of things flew mm-hmm. by with flying colors, but so I put on Lincoln Park. We come back from the mall and we're driving home, and then uh, the bridge of the, <laughs> the song goes, "Shut up when I'm talking to you. Shut up. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up." <laughs> and my dad just like, "More." You got Musa shut up yeah, you guys tell him Musa shut up yeah. He got so personally mad at the singer for telling him to shut up. That's so funny. He's like telling the singer, You wanna take it outside? Yeah. yeah. It's like dad, it's he's like, he's inside this box. It's like it's a radio, dude. Guys, right, tell him shut up. Yeah. yeah. Musa shut up yeah. I can't even listen to music like with words That's like That's so funny. Up. My dad would never double check my music and he was a pastor. I, I think he kind of understood too. It's like, well, I take this kid to like the hood. Like we live in a ghetto ass area. Like what am I going to protect him from? Like, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. My brother definitely hit a lot of his, his music. Like he listened to a lot of that. I mean, late nineties rap rock or like, yeah. Uh, Rage against the machine. And yeah. such. Uh, I think he got a limp biscuit album and my mom fucking busted that shit with a, like a dumbbell. That's, That's hilarious. Like, my, a dab or me? <laughs> this a, this they, a dab or <laughs> Korean people always do it. Like pastors, hardcore Korean pastors, dude. Oh this dude, I had a pastor who wouldn't let our praise team have drums. Like our youth pastor wouldn't allow us oh. to have drums. And then the head pastor came in and he was like, where's the drums? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, no, that's a dab or he was like, they use drums in the Bible. Oh He's like, what gosh. are you talking about? Like, get them, get them back the drums. Like, like I, it's so weird. Sometimes, like, I mean, religion- like, we're not that old, though, right? Yeah. I brought electric guitar to my church. 
<laughs> like if people played electric guitar at church, like my youngs and stuff, mm-hmm. they played at home. That's crazy. But you weren't up there, like like playing that stuff kind of thing. It's it would get wild with like okay, we were playing Uno once, mm-hmm. and some Kwanza name came in like, you guys are Cambridge. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't do shit. Yeah. So you wonder why, like, Koreans act wild now. Like, Dude, Korea, like They were the, so repressed amongst, like, all spectrums of fun. There are so many weird, like, Korean church stories that I have. There's so it much scandal ends. that happens, right? We, we'll we talk about all this on another podcast. Yeah. Because we can go for fucking hours <laughs> about this. And I know Dude, a lot of people want stories. It. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you have no idea how many church stories this guy this guy has and how much I have. Like, yeah. We could go we could probably put 13 episodes out about church scandals alone. It's fucking oh nuts. Like gosh. it's always a, a piano pianist that fucking hooked up with the pastor somehow. <laughs> <laughs> it's always like that. Somehow the fucking pianist from Korea <laughs> that's so pale oh looks like she's anemic. Somehow seduces the pastor and he leaves, you know, like it's always some bullshit a, a like church that. Church splitting over the carpet color. Now, one of the most <laughs> fucked up jokes is like, dude, let's make like a Korean church and split. It's <laughs> 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 so true. We gotta get out of here. Yeah. No, so when my church split, we'd say that. Let's make like a Korean church. <laughs> let's say our Korean church's name. Yeah. I don't want to say it here, yeah. but yeah. That's so fucking funny. But we are going to talk about this. And this is something, This is a subject that I wanted to talk about for the longest fucking time. And I, I didn't do it out of, you know, I think it's really weird for me in this space that there's a couple of things that I know that I've heard through other people, right? Either people really love me, they either hate me, or they're scared of my opinion. Yeah. Right? Because they also realize I don't give a fuck about Hollywood. Yeah. You know? So... If you think that I won't say something because I'm afraid that I won't get a job, you could suck my dick. I don't fucking care. <laughs> I am who I am. I never came into this space to be liked by people. I just did what I fucking did and I always did what I enjoyed. Right. Now, having said that, that becomes scary for other people, right? So when people, even when I have friends on this podcast, I always tell people, if I say something and don't try to match my energy. You have a career where it matters to you. Right. My career doesn't fucking matter. I live in my own space. I've never really followed trends. I've always been able to say what I want to say, not because I'm dismissive of how other people will feel in terms of what I say, but I'm. Th- I think I'm allowed to have an opinion, and I'm not afraid for somebody to to reprimand me and take something away from me. You made this space, yeah, so you can say whatever the fuck you want. Exactly. Like from whenever the fuck you started learning how to use a camera. Yeah. So that. I can be here and talk to shit. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. having said that, Mulan sucked dick. <laughs> uh, yeah. One of the I did worst, not like it. One of the worst fucking films I have seen in a very long time. And I want to say that only because the trailer was so good. And the right. way they set us up as an audience, they made it seem like, look, this is not going to be like your typical Disney film. We're not going to try to go ahead and follow these Disney tropes. We are going to have a film based on this uh, Chinese legend. Right. And we're going to have creative freedom with this. Right. No music, no nothing. Got it. What the fuck happened? What happened? I don't even know where to begin. Let me let me just start with this. Well, right. Well, why don't we go through the story? Well, like. Talk about the story synopsis and the okay. plot as it goes, but like, tell me your introduction. Like, you're you walked out the theater and you had some time to think about what did you think? So, 
initially when, when i or not theater well I when mean, i yeah when i <laughs> when i watched it i just first of all throughout the whole film i was just making jokes because okay. of how bad it was right <laughs> and i'm telling you right now i don't remember what the animated film was like right i haven't watched it in that long right. so i had no expectations of this film which usually when that happens i like the film you know because i don't i'm not expecting right. anything from it i was so okay first of all let's just talk about the just immediately how it started off and i already knew it was going to be a bad film Number one, you made the 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 main person in the film a superhero with no struggle. Right. She's just this badass person that could kick everybody's ass, and that's it. She was the Superman without Superman's backstory. This podcast is brought to you by CBD Farmhouse. I have been using CBD products for a long time now, and it's very few and far between that I endorse a specific company. But when it comes to CBD products, I have found the one. CBD Farmhouse is one of the best I've ever used, and I've tried a lot. They have natural CBD topical creams, gummies, facial serums, lotions, and bath bombs, and a whole bunch more. This is not a random third-party CBD company that gets their stuff from God knows where. They make their products themselves at their own lab. And yes, it does make a huge difference. The Delta 8 gummies for anxiety and inflammation and CBD freeze for my soreness is the best. I use it all the time. Remember, not all CBD products are the same, nor do they have the same care and consistency when it comes to their products. And CBD Farmhouse makes sure to give you the best. Genius Brain listeners, to get 15% off your first order, go to cbdfarmhouse.com and enter code BRAIN at checkout. Once again, to get 15% off your first order, go to cbdfarmhouse.com. That's c-b-d-f-a-r-m-h-o-u-s-e.com to get yourself on that pain-free life today. Her struggle was, I think... I'm too cool. I kick everybody's yes. ass. Hide it. Don't tell anybody. Okay, so the, the, the problem, like, for me... Like when people say, "Oh, Mushu wasn't in it," like the, like Disney cut that out because Chinese audiences don't like Mushu. Didn't like Mushu. Yeah. They didn't even like Chris Tucker in Rush Hour. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so you have to understand that this movie was not made for American audiences mm-hmm. when you watch it. But another thing that I took when when I walked away from it is that it wasn't even made for Chinese audiences. Exactly. It was made for the Chinese government. That's so nuts. To teach a ideology, right, of like this Eastern conservative Confucius hail to the government, hail to authority, hail to power. And like you'll see a play when we even talk about the story that unravels. Yeah. Shit start doesn't like shit doesn't make sense over time at, at all point at all. So when we start like uh okay, opening scene, um this girl has chi. Uh girls aren't supposed to have chi, so she should hide it, right? So that's her little girl experience. Then we fast forward and she's a let's say young adult, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um and she's being told a way to live her life. Right, she's given a purpose in life to be a housewife and honorable and these things or whatever. Honor your family, which, yeah. by the way, if they said that the another three thousand times in that film, I was going to burn the screen down. Spoiler alert: Not once does anyone say "I love you." <laughs> they say "I honor you." I honor you. <laughs> One of the funniest reviews. How Asian is that shit? So I was reading a bunch of reviews just to see what other people thought of the film. Yeah. One of the funniest fucking things that somebody wrote that I read I had me dying laughing. They go, "Do white people know that Asian people don't go around saying I honor my family? 
who told them that we say this all the time? No. Who? Right. And that's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, I have never said this before. Okay, then first point of like relate relatability was so the father gets drafted into the military, right? And Mulan doesn't think it's right because he's too old and he's got a limp, right? And so for some reason, she thinks she should go in his place. Uh, either way, the argument is you shouldn't go. And he slams his hand on the yeah. table and he's like, listen to what I say, right? Mm-hmm. That makes sense to us, you and I. Like, yeah. And as a storytelling device, like that's the setting, that this is the world they live in, that this is the way it is because you must honor what he says goes. Mm-hmm. Okay, right? But... When, for some reason, I really don't remember, Mulan takes up the idea of taking her father's place. There's really no reason. She just does. She just does it. In the middle of the night. Um, And she leaves. Her father says a prayer to their ancestors, right? Now, what does he say? He says he first repents and apologizes that he didn't teach Mulan her place. She doesn't know her place. She's too stupid. She doesn't understand war. I'm sorry. Please protect her because, like, yeah. right? And then you go back to the original ballad of Mulan, the original story. Her father trained her to yeah. be a fucking badass trainer, and she was ready to be in combat by the time she got there. Mm-hmm. And she lasted 12 years in the military, you know, yeah. which is fucking crazy for war. And what does that do then? That just. I don't understand. It's just you just have to follow the story. She just goes. Yeah. For I don't know. Well, this is this is the weird part when they do remakes of films, right? One of the one of the biggest reasons why, like for example, uh, people who aren't into comic books have a hard time following comic book films is because you already expect the audience to know everything, you know. So for me, somebody who doesn't rem- I don't remember any anything about the animated film, I was lost. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on? What is this eagle? Like, what is this lady who turns into an eagle, you know? And the way that the film started, and it just, I do have to keep mentioning this. When you just give your main character these superpowers for no fucking reason, what's the point? It takes away from her her training, her earned respect. Exactly. Her earned work, her merit, especially if it's a fucking military movie. And I, <laughs> like, Exactly. And I want to bring up Superman because the Superman's uh, saving grace from this fallacy is the fact that his whole family got fucked. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? He's, yeah, he's going through the same tropes as Mulan is in terms of trying to hide his powers and kind of fit in with society. However, he also has the burden that he knows that he could save the whole world, but he doesn't know how to because he's just a regular person in this planet and his whole family right. died. So he's like he's going through this struggle constantly. So you kind of feel for this character. With her... You know why? You know why? Because it's set in the family because Donnie Yen even says it, that she has a gift. She's special. Yeah. Right? She's not normal like other people. This is the same moral philosophy... Like, look, there's nothing, like, wrong with this ideology. It just is a, an ideology. Um, but, like, uh, the entire encompassing, like, moral s- plot of The Incredibles is special people need to be in special places of power, right? Yeah. Because, and they have to be, like, executive because they're special. Not everyone is special. 
It's a yeah. very Ayn Rand, libertarian, conservative idea, mm-hmm. which Brad Bird just totally is all mm-hmm. about, right? So this is also following that same like idea because when she does that spear fight, by the way, the fight scenes were shit. If this was supposed to be a wushu movie or wuxia movie with the yeah. flying stuff. As a fun little fact, if you guys don't know, uh, there's a scene where Donnie Yen has a fight scene, right? Donnie Yen, there was a fight choreographer that, choreogra- that choreographed his fight. He goes, this is terrible. He did his own thing. <laughs> right. That's how bad the choreography was. Donnie Yen refused to do it, and he created his own fight scene, which was the only good fight scene in that whole film. And he's just solo, like, doing yeah. the sword thing. <laughs> exactly. So that's why that happened. When you watch the fight when she's doing a one-on-one with the spear with a dude, like, the cutscenes cutting to the hits makes you know this is an American-made movie. Yeah. Because when you watch a wuxia film, like, like classic example of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, there's wide, wide shots. shots. You can see it's Michelle Yeoh and Zheng Ji Yi Zheng. They're fucking doing it. They're not stunt doubles. They're doing the dance. Yeah. It's the theatrical aspect of cinema that you're seeing that they're doing this choreography yeah. in one long take also. you know. So I saw the cut. Okay, that's not happening. Be- besides that, the stories goes on and she's like, oh shit, I, I showed my uh, chi mm-hmm. power. I should have hide- hid it. But uh, Donnie and Commander Tung calls her in to the tent. And he starts offering her places in po- power, pos- high, better positions on the batter- battlefield, offering her his son or her his daughter or whatever. All these yeah. things, just like all this favor because of like this entitlement because they're special. Yeah, this is a look, this is a very old school idea of just giving special people special things kind yeah. of thing. Like I understand how it works in an like capitalistic executive position or whatever, even in the military, I understand it, whatever, but to the story of Mulan and feminist, like female empowerment, she didn't earn any of that work. She did like, like going up to the mountain, carrying the buckets of water is the idea is that it's an impossible task. Nobody can do it. Yeah. They're trying to find who has chi to go up there. Mm-hmm. You know, that's their, the, mythology idea and that 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 whole scene just takes away from the fact that she was trained to kill from the start and she was a badass instead she didn't earn anything she was just gifted with it and and that's what a a lot of these like films that i've been seeing lately even tv shows they're forgetting that as the audience we have to feel something for these people so when there's the huge crux of the film happens we have we have to feel an emotional tie to this person. Right. Not with this girl. I already know what's going to happen, which most of us do. Right When we watch a film, we see the hero in the film. We know the hero is going to win. But what matters, too, is how it happens. <laughs> and they, they're just like, fuck it. Just fuck it. You know? So, so the, the, the fucking part was like, all right. So that um, shape-shifting witch girl, I her name with an X. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. She, I can't. I don't remember. But she's the the other side of the same coin character, like the Killmonger character, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Where the idea is, look, these men will never accept you as a warrior. That's why you're hiding as a man. Me, 
I'm woman and I'm free to be woman. I'm gonna change the world. I'm gonna change the world because they still they call me a witch. They won't call me a warrior. So I'm gonna take the throne. You and I, with our chi together, our power, we can take the throne and we can change that. So they'll call us warriors. This was fucking laid out in the middle of the film, which yeah. is usually the funny part is in American films for female empowerment. That's the end moral yeah. story. Like that's the whole I- idea behind the new Mad Max Fury Road. Mm. People think it's a movie that they went one place to the next and went back. What's the big deal? No, the idea is that these women were looking for liberation. They went out to look for the land of green and all that, but no, it was decimated. It was gone and they had nothing. The only thing they had left was to go back to the resources, you know, and take power to to change power. You know, that's the idea behind Mad Max. It's just a simple road back and forth. Yeah. So this 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 girl, uh the witch lady offers that like we should take the power right after this is after mulan a reveals that she's a girl she goes in the battlefield single-handedly takes down the not the huns but they're called something else yeah 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 yeah. and then they reject her (laughs) they fucking reject her like no thank you for saving like fuck you bitch yeah like you're a girl yeah this girl get the fuck out of here ew Either that or, like, what would have really happened Yeah, if a bunch of entire platoon found one girl yeah. out there? Like, what the fuck would they really do? Yeah. Kind of thing. No, they exile her. Yeah. Right? So she's faced with this. This is the middle of the movie, the turning point, right? Join me. Come, let's take the throne, right? This is usually the turning point where, like, you take liberation Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you get empowerment and you take power for yourself to experience true freedom. She she goes back to the military and she rats on this bitch. Yeah. (laughs) Like, wait, you went back where they said they'll kill you if you came back. And they did nothing. And they did nothing. Why? But why? Because what's on her, what's carved on her blade? Loyalty. Honor, family, or like some shit yeah. like that. Yeah, these like Three loyalty virtues. being in itself a tribalist ideology. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like because she was loyal to the government, she was loyal to authority. They showed her mercy. <laughs> like, it, like it's like just at that point in that midpoint, it it doesn't make sense anymore. Because as it starts going on, why the fuck did this bitch, the the witch lady, like give up her life? So <laughs> why did she? Here's why did here's she sacrifice herself. Even just the the more basic stupidity of that, right? In the beginning of the film, right, there is the main villain. She chooses not to kill him because she's all powerful because she needs him. Yes, and then at the end, she turns into this eagle and gets stabbed in the chest, and she dies. I. Was so, I'm like, why? That is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. When's the last time we felt this way about a movie's on-screen death on a character? I think for me, it was Jurassic World. Remember, um, Redhead Lady is too busy to take care of her her nephews. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So her assistant watches him. Yeah. She's this girl. She's busy. She's on her phone a lot. Cool, whatever. 
But then the fucking pterodactyls like tear her apart and throw her in the tank and she gets eaten by the giant fucking megalodon. Why does she deserve to die like that? Such a horrible, horrible death. Like, yeah. What did she do? Kind of thing, right? So you ask yourself like why, why you start to realize when you watch movies when people die, there's got to be a rhyme and reason. And so when I see when this witch why she became a martyr or, or, or sacrificed her life from Mulan. Made no sense. Made zero, zero sense. This is what I'm saying. Throughout this film, it was, it was, they were so reckless. And number one, character backstory and death. Like that made no sense whatsoever. Why even have her say, I could, I'm literally the most powerful person in the world and I could do whatever I want, but the only reason why you're alive is because I need you. So instead what she does is I'm going to turn myself into the most frail animal on earth and then dive in front of an arrow. Hold on. But before that, she's already on the fucking throne. Remember that shot with the like, light she's coming good. down? The, like she's, you got the throne, you got the power. All of a sudden some. This podcast is brought to you by Skillshare, my friend. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of inspiring classes for creative and curious people. Explore new skills, deepen existing passions, and get lost in creativity, my friends. If you don't have Skillshare, what are you doing? I'm pretty sure there are a lot of things out there that you want to learn on your own time through your own circumstances because you don't like traditional learning and a lot of the times too the stuff that we want to learn uh it needs to be accessible uh i don't want to be hunting for random information well why do that when you have skillshare when they have customized classes for the stuff that you want to learn right now i am studying plants at home to uplift your spirit and your space because your boy needs a zen workplace because we all know it's quarantine for me right now and i need a place to help me relax and stay focused when i work as well remember explore your creativity at skillshare.com gb and the first thousand people to use our link will get a free trial of skillshare premium membership receive free access to thousands of classes for a limited time be one of the first 1000 to sign up at skillshare.com gb moral talk is gonna make you yeah i should kill myself <laughs> Like why you got she the ki- power? You got what you wanted. Like you know. So just to even go back to the ending, if you didn't watch the film, he- here's the funniest part of the thing. That this is the part that had me dying laughing. So the main villain who was working with the witch, right? Uh, uh, he- Jason Scott Lee. Yeah, that was Jason Scott Lee. Yeah. Okay. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, uh, Bruce Lee, uh, Legend of the Dragon. Right? Really? Yeah. Couldn't recognize uh, him. Uh, Balls of Fury. Yeah. <laughs> also so the Jason antagonist. Scott Lee, right? <laughs> yeah. He captures the king pretty early on, right? <laughs> All he had to do was kill him. Just kill him. But the funny thing is that that in and of itself is dumb, right? As yeah. a viewer. And and just to give you uh, an idea of how I watch films, when I first watch a film, I don't scrutinize it. I try to enjoy it as the filmmaker would intend it. Second time I scrutinize it. Yeah. I couldn't even go through, through it without scrutinizing because it was so bad. So this is how funny the ending is. For some reason, he takes the king off to some remote place that's with a bunch of stilts and wood, which clearly they just had it because they wanted to do it for the fight scene. Yes. It was so fucking obvious, right? Right. And then he drops this vat of metal where there's lava on the floor. For some fucking reason, I have no idea why, just which, for dramatization. By or the something. way, everything's made out of wood and nothing's yes. burned. <laughs> and the wood didn't burn. The lava just stayed there. Exactly. <laughs> And then, so when I saw that, I'm like, oh, he's capturing the king to make him an example in front of a crowd of people. Yeah. There is nobody there. <laughs> <laughs> There's nobody there. 
so he literally captured this king and had him tied up and he's probably talking to him for like three hours like so uh what did you have for dinner yeah, <laughs> like, so that's like, okay what are you doing? speaking of that jet Li impression right there yeah was his voice not dubbed over yeah for sure <laughs> Now, so I mean, even to like, and by the way, his English is not that bad. And oh, can I oh, just to, as another side note, this is when we were talking about how they didn't know who the fuck they were marketing this to. Why the fuck did the English speaking characters in the film speak in a broken English accent? <laughs> <laughs> Mulan, you have to honor your family. I'm like, what in the fuck isn't this supposed to be a progressive asian film and you had all these characters speaking broken english but when you saw the credits roll at the end directed by edited by designed by scored by produced by it's all these white people making a movie it's (laughs) the most ridiculous thing like they were like i remember this scene where they were kind of making fun of mulan it was a bunch of the male soldiers right right they're like that's because he wouldn't know. <laughs> I'm like, who in the fuck talks like that? So this is that's the weird part. It was like, if they weren't going to speak perfect English, which, by the way, it's not like they spoke Mandarin in the film. Why didn't you let them just speak English? I don't understand. That's me saying, right? Why didn't they let them speak English? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, why? why? Why did it have to be this? kabuki theater (laughs) that's perfect this kabuki theater dialogue (laughs) you know you have to honor your family make sure you honor your family i i don't think do these white people not know that asian people don't say that shit yeah we don't say that what's honor in korean anyways Mm. (laughs) you know what i mean and this concept that she was so offensive to me like it was just so dumb and and i think a great point that somebody brought to me this is a this is a friend of mine um that uh came from malaysia right he goes i like i don't know what a american filmmakers are thinking in terms of aren't isn't the huge thing in hollywood right now to push progressive asian american thoughts right then why would you cast a bunch of already popular Chinese people in this progressive Asian American film. He's like, yeah. There's what were they? It was you. Are you here or are you there? So he doesn't understand from his outside perspective. He didn't understand. He goes, if we're talking about let's cast more Asian Americans, half the cast weren't Asian American. <laughs> These <laughs> people are already well known yeah. in China. That it's like so. But then at the same time, he's looking at the film. He goes, there was a lot of inconsistencies when it came to like Chinese culture. So if you weren't going to market it towards Chinese people yeah. and you weren't going to market it towards American people, what were you thinking? It was just – and that's I, – I had so much of that thought to like who the fuck – Who's this for? for? Yeah. And that's where I kept watching it and watching it like because we're asking what the fuck – why does this witch deserve to die? And the the thing is like there is an answer in the eyes like if, if you – give if you understand the audience and the audience is the chinese government it's Mm. disney complying to make chinese propaganda this is why i was so upset over it being just a dumb movie it was like when did american like hollywood any of that shit like you know i fucking love movies you know it's just when do we start making chinese propaganda you know, even Chinese people watch this movie and like that's the not hell? the Mulan story. Yeah, yeah, they're like, "What the hell?" Think about it. so. Wh- then why didn't they? How could they have not find found an Asian director for this? Right? Yeah, 
Because anyone who knows the real Mulan story would read this script and be like, this is horseshit. This is terrible. Who was the first assigned director? Uh, Life of Pi. What was his name? Ang Lee. Ang Lee. Perfect director. I didn't perfect. know that. He would have been perfect. Yeah. He refused. You know what he said? He said he had to do promotion for his, like, some other He read what he had to do. He's like, fuck this. He was like, fuck this. And then they, they had some other Asian American director, and he was even like, this is not cool. No. And then they went to an all white person. If, if you guys don't know who Ang Lee is, Life of Pi, fucking Crouching Tiger, Hidden, Hidden Dra- Dragon, all that shit. One of the best, most not- cinematically beautiful, complete martial arts film till this fucking day. It would have been perfect for mm-hmm. Mulan. And that's what they were trying to make. Was there, it looked like they were trying to make an Ang Lee movie, but you no, can with tell no he would have never made this movie knowing Ang Lee. And can somebody explain to me why everybody knows how to catch arrows? <laughs> <laughs> like, what is this magical ability that everybody knows how to catch okay. an arrow in midair? I, I think one accuracy that I could give of them is the homoerotic, uh, the, the homoerotic activity in the barracks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like... When that dude was trying to make friends with Mulan and she was trying to take a bath for the mm-hmm. first time and she was telling him to go away. Yeah. And he was like just upset that she didn't want to be his friend. To yeah. me, I was reading it like, like he was taking off his clothes and shit. Yeah. He's like, what's wrong with you? Why can't I show you my dick? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm here. I took my pants off. Why can't you do the same? <laughs> nah, I was you know what? No, because I went to Jinjimang in Korea mm-hmm. and I was like not used to all this nakedness as an American-born dude. Yeah. And I had my underwear on and paper honnaing me straight yeah. up. Take off your panzer right now. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody have a gochu yeah. out. Panzer pencil. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's it's like, like my, my boxer is making you uncomfortable. And I kind of at least got that. Yeah. What's wrong with you? Just take your pants off. <laughs> now, you know what's so funny? I was like thinking in my head about making a parody about how... Um, the 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 male who was you know kind of falling in love with Mulan the whole time is going through gay thoughts. Yeah, it's like <laughs> of course I, he is. Am I gay? Like I think I'm gay. And then when he she finally reveals, he goes, "Oh, thank God." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but even at their last scene together, it was it was the fucking most, Romeo must die all over again. The most anticlimactic Jet Li fucking yeah. Leah romance, just hugs. Hugs. No kiss. You cannot kiss Leah gently. And, that, and you know, I understand why they did that, but it's so stupid. They go like, "We just don't want the male hero romance type of thing." But he wasn't the hero in the film, so it wouldn't have mattered. They couldn't even give us, us as the audience that. No, but like then, but what did she fulfill? She went back home and honored her, family honored her family by revealing her truth that she was dishonorable. But no. Because of her loyalty. See, it's just this fucking kaibai bull of ideology, uh, tribalist ideologies. Just being forgiven because of one thing and punished for un- for not following the other. And, and you know, for, for Disney too, and the, the reason why Disney probably also got a lot of scrutiny in terms of uh, how much research they did to keep things accurate. Like culturally accurate, right? Is that it wasn't very culturally accurate. They did their best, I guess, quote unquote. But you know, you look at a film like Frozen, you and I've seen the behind the scenes of the extensive work they did to make sure how accurate that film was. And I'm like, so you could have you did that for Frozen, but you didn't do that for Mulan? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> this is this is literally like Chinese cultural, like a fable, a story. 
you could have done that same due diligence, but it wasn't done, you know, and which I kind of found a little irritating. And on top of that, too, my thing is when you when you do an adaptation of a film and you say, fuck it, we're not going to make it like the Disney musical. You either go hard or you go home. Yeah. Don't do this in between bullshit. And if we're going to talk about how Mulan offended, um, you know, Chinese people just because of how gimmicky and offensive it was, you still had the white face geisha, the <laughs> Japanese geisha. <laughs> Did they do that? Like, yeah, remember do Chinese people wh- though, and culturally, that's what I always thought too. Do they do that shit? I don't think so. Well, maybe Chinese people can uh, maybe correct me. provincially or whatever. Yeah, like maybe, maybe I don't know. But even the sense of like all of our complaints right now has nothing to do with the fact that they had no musical. You know, I could give no a fuck song, less about that. No Mushu, like Cricket was some fat dude who became an expert at bow and arrow. Hilarious. <laughs> archery at the end. Like. Hilarious. <laughs> like, and I want to say, too, just to give out, a, you know, a shout out. Like, for example, I know Ron Yuan. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was one of the, like, the commanders in the film, right? right. Ron Yuan is a dope yeah, actor. The dude with the voice. Yeah. yeah. Ron Yuan is dope. <laughs> I fucking love Ron. He's an amazing actor. And there was a lot of great Asian American actors and Asian yeah, actors like in there. Dan's uh, friend, um, uh, I fucking forgot, but his friend was one of the yeah uh, one of those dudes, people, right? Dude, yeah, and we can't knock the Asian actors and actresses in this film because they you have to realize the direction was terrible and the script was terrible. One of my biggest pet peeves in films like this too is like because they decided to make them sound like a bunch of mongoloid idiots. <laughs> you know what I mean? They. They didn't have any leeway to show how great their acting was through dialogue. Right. Was ter- the dialogue was terrible. You, 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 you know, I, I didn't understand. Like, first of all, how could they have been great at dialogue when they're literally talking like this? <laughs> well, what could they have done with that? You know what I mean? So there's no knock on any of the actors and actresses. You were given what you were given and that was it. That's solely upon the writing. And first of all, too – the choreography, like we mentioned how bad the choreography was. Yeah. And there were certain glimpses that where I was like, oh, this is kind of a beautiful scene, like the grass scenes or whatever. But that's really about it. Other than that, it looked like shit. It looked like shit. It looked like a, a, a DVD film. Yeah, I look like I don't have a feature film. But yeah, I didn't enjoy like visually. Yes, all around uh, cinematically great. But. Just thinking about, like, because we can't take away the work that the people put in this, obviously. Oh, 100%, yeah. Let's just think about, like we said, Disney making a movie for this straight Chinese propaganda for no audience but one government. Mm-hmm. Um, let's imagine a Chinese-produced movie of some... Chinese dude who comes to Colorado to learn how to become the greatest baseball player in the world. <laughs> All Chinese Chinese director, Chinese writer. Uh, they don't really know the game of baseball, but fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> uh, Chinese musical score. All white actors, though. Yeah. A-list actors. <laughs> but Chinese written, like, English dialogue. Dog. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, just oh. think about how stupid. Like, why did we? Why did this happen? How did it happen? Just from the start, when we just reverse it too, how ridiculous is it that it's, it's happening? It's dumb. And who the fuck was the person that approved this? 
<laughs> like Disney, you are a Disney. You are almost a monopoly. You have you you are better than this. They had the money to do it right. Two hundred million dollars. Are you fucking insane? And that's the film that we got yeah. with two hundred million dollars. And my big here, and we could let's and we could segue into this conversation to every Asian American actor or person who had a social following that said that this was one of the most amazing films <laughs> that they saw. <laughs> I I hope you die one of the worst deaths on earth you are a terrible person you objectively speaking you are talking about a man who has fought for asian american visibility for the past 12 years right that is not the way to do it i've read tweets from these actors and actors they're like yo this was a visual masterpiece are they saying oh this is our black panther <laughs> <laughs> Are you know you, they were, right? Yeah. This, oh, I've seen I, I remember that, like, those tweets like, on. this is our Black Panther. That's so funny. No, it's not. How dare you? You know what? Th- we don't even know if Shang-Chi is going to be our Black Panther Exactly. Yet. And like, I'm wondering, too, like, when they write this tweet out, what are you thinking right now? Are you telling yourself, like, because there isn't a lot of Asian-American representation that I'm going to have to boost and bolster this film because I, it's my civic duty? <laughs> <laughs> As an Asian American actor and actress to push garbage out, right? Either way, it makes us look bad. Because if you're saying that this is a visual masterpiece, people are going to look at that and say, this is the this is the capability of Asian American films. This is the best that Asians have to offer, even though Asians didn't make the movie. Exactly. We had Parasite. <laughs> are you fucking insane? Korea never lose. Yeah. And that's the thing too. When we talk about uh, Asian cinema, right? We only look towards Asian American films. Korea has been killing it. Yes. You don't even understand. Killing American it. films have been have tried to adapt Korean films because of how awesome they are and failed at it. Failed. Okay, old boy. Oh my god. Don't Lake even get House, Lighthouse. Uh, my the sassy worst. girl. Uh I mean they, they're, I think they're trying to remake New World. How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> how dare you? How fuck? Don't you dare touch New Yo, World. Yo, you know how much Old Boy grossed? Eight hundred thousand dollars. <gasps> and only and and they only had it out for like a couple weeks over Thanksgiving when it came out. Like nobody gave a that shit. That makes me actually want to buy the DVD now. But because and, of how bad it is. Yeah. And that's another thing. It's the first movie where Spike Lee didn't call it a Spike Lee joint because he knew how bad it he was. knew how bad it was. The yeah. thing what people don't understand too, when when people make films specifically that's not American based, there's a lot of nuance in culture right. that bleeds into this film right. that you can't do it through American cinema, right? Like one of like if people watch Gook, it's as Korean of a film as it gets because it's a very serious film with a bunch of dumb jokes inside. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, Old Boy had a bunch of stupid jokes for a that, film that nobody gets though. Nobody gets. I was when I went to go see Parasite in theaters. You know, um, it's you know when sometimes you walk into one movie and you see a general audience, and you walk into another movie. So this movie, it was just a bunch of white-haired people <laughs> in, my, in the theater I was watching with. They fucking loved it, but they didn't get half of the jokes. Same thing with Parasite. But they loved it. That's what I'm talking about. About Parasite, they didn't get half the jokes, but they loved it anyway. That's what yeah. makes it such a great movie. Film. It felt yeah. Now Mulan has nothing to offer. <laughs> nothing. No great drama, no great character development. No empowerment. No good dialogue. Cinematography, trash. What? 
the movie is about submission, not empowerment. Yeah, it's to submit to, to authority to the yeah. government specifically. Why is Jet Li? Even his character is a god, right? Because the ideal back then is that in the imperialist mm-hmm. world, the emperor he was god or whatever. And so the conservative idea of like looking towards a higher power, like it's not like a well, Confucianism isn't about like a invisible higher power. It's literally the man in power, yeah. your official. Yeah, it's it's. That film is so irresponsible, and those tweets are irresponsible. I fucking hate those people yeah, so much. Like, I I want. Like we finally did it. Yeah, we finally did what? We want Asian faces on screen, but they gotta fucking say some legit shit. Not like you better listen because I said so. Yeah, I know it's the movie is moral story. It's because I said so. You should listen to me. <laughs> yeah, it's That's so what it bad. Is. That's what we said. There's no I love you. It's I honor you. Yeah, you know, a film that didn't get a lot of love was uh, John Cho's Searching. That was a good film. Uh, sadly, sorry, I didn't see it. So many reference. Oh, but, but Searching was good. You know, Searching was a good film. I know what it's about. It's about the one where um, uh, his daughter, some yeah. girl, gets abducted, and it's all like desktop or mm-hmm. media based. Like, yeah, it's dope. You know what I mean? Searching didn't get that type of love. You know, there's another film called Gook out there. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where's it on right now? Which which platform? Uh, I think it's on Amazon. Right. Amazon, yeah. Get it on Amazon. But it's fucking, the sides are all cut off because the way that they, they fucking rendered it down so stupid, dude. It was shot with anamorphic, like, vintage lenses and shit. And but then they made it full, like, yeah. the 16.9. So they cut off a lot of shit. Black man. Yeah, pissed. I was so pissed when I saw it. I'm like, where the fuck is the rest of my film? <sighs> yeah. I mean, like, you don't get a say in that shit either? I don't know. That's all. That's all. That's so, like, that's... why can't, there's plenty of 235 movies on Amazon, yeah. guys. I don't know why you had to cut that shit out. But there's just like so, you know, like I, I and I mentioned this too when uh, Crazy Rich Asians came out, right? Oh. I I bought the tickets <laughs> because I wanted to support the film. And However, you... <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> I fucking hated the film. I hated everything about it. Like I didn't fucking like it. But I understand that I'm gonna like I'm I'm all for the movement. You understand we need it. But at the same time, I can only play this facade for so long. You know, I can only do it for so long. I can only do it to the point where I understand, like, listen, we need this type of push and it's great to see our faces on here. But now I think people might think it's too soon. But once again, I come from a place where I've watched Korean cinema for a very long time. I know we have the ability to do way better. Yeah. Right. And so it doesn't have to be a Disney film. People are thinking these huge platforms like, oh, we need um, these major production houses to support us. Or you could just make great indie films. Right. That's where it can start, and these indie films can get picked up. You know, I'm not like I'm not gonna toot my own horn about. I I look. That's one of the only things I've ever shot in my life where I look at it now and I go, "That's fucking good." Yeah. You know, I, I don't say that about anything that I do besides that and like, like my Kim Jong Il character. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's how we met, by the way, Kim Jong Il. Yeah, Kim Jong Il. You yeah. know what I mean? And. The one that we shot in Seattle is yeah. still one of my favorites, dude. I, I go back, I, I go back and watch it sometimes, <laughs> dude. When I slap Chris in the face, it's one of the most soul satisfying <laughs> things I've ever done. I not even tell that fool to slap his ass because <laughs> I wanted that shit to be real. <laughs> Anywho, um, you were talking about you were proud of Gook. You're yeah. proud of that shit. It's good, but. It's not getting the love like in the eyeballs. Yeah. 
I, and I, you know, I'm not just saying that. I'm saying it also because Justin did such a great job on it, you know, in terms of it has all the stuff that everybody cares about. It's personal stories. It's real. And what more do you fucking need? I understand it's a black and white film and it's hard for people to watch. And obviously, you know, because of low budget, there were some inconsistencies, mm. you know, in terms of like modern tech being in there and shit. But however, it's, I, there's films like that. Yeah, you know I mean, I'm not, not just my film, but there's a lot of other great films like, uh, Clerks, same vein. Yeah. Like uh, a fucking, uh, uh, Aquafina's film. Yeah. That was great. Right. Uh, I forgot what that was called. <laughs> Ah oh, shit, dude. Sorry, <laughs> I'm so sorry. But she, the long goodbye, the long, the the, the longest goodbye. yard, longest <laughs> yard. But you, you know, the farewell, farewell. Oh yeah, the farewell. Writing, acting, everything was on point. Now, mind you, with Aquafina's acting, I was not a big fan until that film. I was right. like, oh, she just wasn't given the right opportunity to show what she has. Right. When I saw that, I'm like, she's dope. Like this film was great. It looked great. The story was great. The writing was great. The message was great. I walked away feeling good. And I'm like, this is dope. I was kind of shocked. I was really shocked. Right. But, you know, that had a little bit of love. But pe- and but now they're looking at Mulan like it's supposed to be the next big thing. We had something great right yeah. here. That you, you quickly forgot about that shit. Yeah. I mean, the only thing we can do is just constantly create, though, right? I mean, that's why we sit here. Oh, we to, see we need to start creating more shit man yeah we should do something uh, we should do something it's been a hot minute <laughs> it's been a while. so like uh if you're just tuning in i just moved back to la i've been gone for like four or five years and i went I'm to the podcast away. space and i stopped doing yeah i stopped doing film for a hot second so we haven't shot anything in a while but it's yeah. about time yeah <laughs> i've been dying to just do some skits some something dumb or like it could say something or say nothing but then the the whole thing is when the credits roll in Mulan and you don't recognize the names and it's not familiar, you know, to the culture of what it's trying to tell. And they would never do the reverse of that or yeah. whatever. What can you do? What can you do but just make your own shit <laughs> and just start creating, right? When, when we were doing the film festival route, right, one of the most uh, – one of the most – common reoccurring questions was uh how do you feel about you know asian representation in film and media and our stories not being told like don't you feel like these production companies should tell a proper asian story and so what i like it's their responsibility it's our time to shine like why, why won't they tell our stories and my response was which you know sometimes it was received well sometimes it wasn't was I honestly think what you're saying is dumb. How dare how why would you think that a white person <laughs> who has never grown up in the Asian culture society would tell your story better than you can tell yourself? Don't look, and they've tried too. They've never told a proper Bruce Lee story. Yeah, they can't do it. It's impossible. They don't get it. They don't get it. You're supposed to do it. Yeah. You're so we're supposed to do it, guys. Yeah. We gotta do it. And I I get it, like there's space to complain. And then after that, there's time to do something. Yeah. And all of us who are in the creative space, like we have our beefs, then you got to just keep creating. Then then you make the stories. Yeah. Edgar Wright's not going to, Steven Spielberg is not going to tell a story. He can't. He, he can't. He will try his best. And he'll, on like somebody like Steven Spielberg or another great director will try their best. But there's something about cultural nuance that 
just cannot be translated unless you lived it and experienced That's why the farewell was good. It's a yeah. personal story about her grandmother and the relationship that she had with her. You can't replicate that. You, She's lived it, right. you know? Which That's is, why that film was good. Which is what we were talking about earlier, why Korean movies cannot be translated mm-hmm. very well into English. Because there's too much cultural nuance into it, language, like, nuance to it. Or Dude, whatever. one of my favorite scenes is uh, Chingu. Chingu is one of the oh best Korean That's gangster films, too. hands down. Yeah. I watch it till this day, and it still gives me chills. So good. One fucking line sticks in my head. It's, it's If you guys haven't seen the film, it's where these two best friends, um, they ended up grow, growing up to be in rival gangs. And what actually happened towards – actually, if you haven't, I'm not going to spoil it. But there's this one line where he looks at his friend, and everybody knows this line. And in order to save his friend, he needs him to go travel somewhere else so he doesn't have to kill him. And he goes, like, oh, like Hawaii is good around this time of year. And he looks and he goes, Nikakara. Hawaii, you know, yeah. how do you translate that into English? You go you to got, Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't translate the same. Like the way he said it, the cadence is very particular to how Korean people say things. The saturi, the mm-hmm. gangster. It's like, why don't you go, bitch? Yeah. yeah I mean, it's like it's like that type of shit without having to say it. And and those are the things that can't be translated well. So like if you have a personal story, especially as an Asian filmmaker, or you're making these complaints, you're asking somebody to tell a story that they can't tell. They'll try their best and you're still going to be pissed no matter what. Nobody could tell my story of me growing up in a black beauty supply store selling, you know, you know what yeah. I mean? And it was in, it was in gook. Like you can't tell, that's my life. You, you know what I mean? When we wrote yeah. that dialogue out, like, oh, how'd you come up with that dialogue? That's, I didn't come up with that. That was real life. <laughs> that happened. That happened. <laughs> you know what I mean? People got mad at me for having tax. Yeah. They're like, yo, why the fuck? Yo, let me tell you one of the most, the line that I got every weekend without fail. Yo, let me get those scrunchies. How much is it? It's four. It's it's four for ninety nine cents. Cool. Comes up one oh seven. I thought you said it was ninety nine cents. It's taxes. The eight cents yeah. isn't mine. I had to say <laughs> that every fucking weekend. It's like you fucking you. I'm trying to rip us off. I'm like, I'm not profiting off the tax. I have to pay that later. Yeah. You know what I mean? What are you talking about? If if people, not everybody understands quote unquote the game, or the way. It works, right? Mm-hmm. So from the audience's point of view, it's we have to have our one diamond in the rough billion dollar hit and that'll do it. <laughs> it's like, hey man, do you know how many Adam Sandler movies there are? <laughs> how many bullshit fucking movies there are? Like they just keep pumping it out. We don't pump out shit. Yeah. <laughs> you well, just if, need to create like keep creating we gotta do it ourselves do you understand and it's annoying and people might be mad when i say this but you're waiting for this white knight and you keep shitting on white people but (laughs) you're waiting for them to save you how dare you how dare how hypocritical is that yeah you you know you know what i'm saying and when they fail at telling your story you get mad at them and i'm not saying that i just don't want them to do it because they can't you you know great example by the way shout out to my homie uh, lawrence cow I love that guy. Woo Assassins, trash. <laughs> okay. So I haven't seen it, but all over my social media feed is everyone telling me. You know why? Because some old white people wrote that shit. Okay. <laughs> it's one of the worst, worst series I've ever seen in my life. My buddy Lawrence kills it. Great right. actor. Fucking kills it. Right. Yeah. But once again, these actors are only given their specific lines and they have to do what they, they have to make do with what they have. Woo right. Assassins, terrible. <laughs> so bad. I couldn't be- – uh, and okay. when I was thinking, I was like, this – it's written almost like a Jean-Claude Van Damme. It was like Bloodsport. When you go back and you watch Bloodsport, 
Oh my god! It's one it's, of the worst films. So, you can't. Yeah, I. It's you got. It's it's just more like laughing as it yeah. goes because it's What's so bad. What's your name? Good. Dukes like put up your dukes. <laughs> no, that one. What's a dead Mac? The Death Touch. Like this one random Asian character, which by the way, his character was useless. Yeah, he just had this random thick Asian accent. What's the Death Touch? <laughs> Why are you here? It's just no different than the uh, short round in Indiana Jones. Oh my! You God. know, whole, more of those characters. It's just uh, don't even get me started. How narcissistic John Clive Van Damme is. Reed. <laughs> Do you remember that scene in the film? Why well, I posted it on my Instagram recently, and I was crying laughing. It's a scene where he hooks up with the girl. Right? You don't even get to see her naked, but you know what we get to see? We get to be blessed <laughs> by Jean Claude Van Damme's ass. <laughs> The scene is literally him waiting for the camera to turn on, and then he puts his underwear on. It's like he's – if you look at his face, it's almost like they said action, action. And, he's, and he pulls his underwear on like, bro, this dude is a narcissist. Did you, did you get that? Yeah. Did you get my It's ass? so fucking funny. And this guy who's in the American military with a thick-ass fucking accent, it's like, what is going on the same here? Re- like yeah. – I mean, he was cast as Guile. <laughs> Street Fighter. And they're like okay, all American. Heroes. And their traditional Japanese garb is like <laughs> it's like it's like wedding kimonos. Right. And when you look at it, I'm like, it, that's wedding garb. Like what? And they're d- dressed in like a dojo as they're fighting. It's like, come on. I mean, we're. I think we're seeing that all across, not just in our art and medium, mm-hmm. where we don't want like white people making our shit we can make our own shit right but uh not to take it too dark or whatever mm-hmm. but it's just taking it that way like um after the uh george, george floyd murder the blm protests and all this shit christian past like white christian pastors were trying to help in their christian way right mm-hmm. but they don't have a fucking clue what it's the black experience is like they don't and so many of these evangelical pastors were coming out saying the most ridiculous things and not even getting it at all yet invoking the name of god and jesus and one of the biggest things like uh if you remember passion the conference like those Mm -hmm. passion cds like all the big names are on one album Mm -hmm. but it's a big conference out out on the east coast um he and uh the the Big director and founder of that is Louis Giglio. You familiar with that name? I don't uh, remember. Yeah, that, he's yeah. the head founder of that shit. And he had a town hall talk with Lecrae. Do you know Lecrae? Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Grammy Award winning hip hop rapper. Yeah. And hip hop rapper. Time Christian, right? Year old man. Yeah. <laughs> hip hop rapper. I know that one. So they're just having a town hall type conversation. And this guy straight up says some shit like, we have to recognize the blessings of slavery in our lives, you know? What? Yeah. In the... And he goes on and whatever. But, like, the point being of all of this is that we keep looking to old white people to save us. And, like, you know, because they have the power, we keep looking to them to do shit for us. Just circling back all the way yeah. around about why we need to create our own shit. It's like, why do we keep going to them to look for the answers just I think because we're too used to them being in power for us yeah but this is one of those few things they don't have a goddamn fucking clue about yeah so uh, yeah we shouldn't go to them about our uh, 
are social issues. I mean, like whether they can or can't do anything about it, it's up to them to understand it. But they're definitely not gonna know how to tell our story. It's impossible. It's impossible. It's just like the guy who fucking dates one Asian girl in high school, and you know, and then twenty years later is telling, "Yeah, I, I dated an Asian girl. Yeah, I, I, I love yeah. dumplings." So you know nothing. Yeah, I know how to use chopsticks. I, I, oh, I know all about Korean culture, like that shit. Like, yeah, come on, bro. Dog, I, I hate that shit where they're trying to find <laughs> this common ground through, and it's always through food, which is the most dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Every time oh, you're Korean, like, I love pho. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, yo, have you ever seen a Korean or Asian American greet each other like hands this? per hands like this? Yeah. Come on. It's, like, it's nuts to me. You know what I mean? Like, I, that's what I'm saying. It's that white savior complex that people that I think a lot of Asian Americans shit on, but you're the one that's you waiting for your white stop savior. Stop looking to them, then. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> and, <laughs> Do and it look, yourself. Look, I know it's easier said than done, but the crazy thing about film and new media now, you literally have no gatekeeper. The only thing that you have is you and support of your community. That's it. And then you can make great things. The reason why Gook was allowed to do well was because of the support of the Asian American community. That's why it did well. You know? Yeah, it's a good film, in my personal opinion. You know? Yes, it is. It is. Objectively. (laughs) And, you know, my man, he also worked on the film. (laughs) A little bit. I I took two days on set. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But... It did well because of the the support and the backing that it had, and we were allowed to tell a very personal story that spoke a, a right. story of, of two communities, right? Two underrepresented communities. When we when they talk about the ninety two riots, yeah, how often do they bring up K Town anyway? How often did do, do they take bring up the Korean experience? They never do. <laughs> they never do, even though. We were a huge fucking part of it. Yeah. I, I mean, just to give a little backstory behind it, right? Like, uh, if you look at a lot of these pictures and you just look up, you know, Korean Americans in the 92 riots, it was, it is nuts. Like, you think the riots that we have now are crazy? The 92 riots were something else. I'm yeah. talking about people were perched on top of their businesses, right. shooting people down because people were coming to kill them. It was nuts. People were sniping each other off off of roofs, having Gunfire, like literally cowboy gunshot, like just blasting at each yeah. other. It was insane. We we had a business when the riots went down, and my dad went down there. Uh, he didn't own a gun, uh, but he had a fucking like katana. Katana, shit? yeah, this this sword. Your dad would have a katana. Yeah, dude. and he went out there to have to try to guard a store. I mean, our, our, our factory. Yeah. And um, my mom told me that we stayed home and he ran out. But the first day was okay. But the second day, they rounded everybody up. We had about like, she was saying like almost 50 employees. And they stuffed everybody into the bathrooms, all of them. And they took everything. They took everything. That's crazy. So it was like a like a like a konjang. Like uh, we just like sold denim and shit. You know, and my mom told me like, she, like yeah, my dad went out there to try, and then they, my grandpa, my grandma, and all the employees, they got locked up in the bathroom and then, and just got looted. So, like personally, we've experienced this shit. Like, cause after that, we lived in fucking Flint, Michigan. Uh, and that sucked too. But point being, like, 
um, those stories hardly ever get told. And that's why, like, I was so hyped about Gook. Yeah. Personally, to me, um, being asked to just, hey, we need a fourth camera, like camera D on the roof. Yeah. And I went up there and got sunburned because I wanted to be a part of it because yeah. Justin told me what it's about. And because personally to me, like I, that's part of my story. I want to be a part of it. That's why I jumped in. You there. know, people don't even know. I'm not sure if you knew. You know, Gook was supposed to be a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> it was originally a comedy Damn. film. <laughs> that's pretty, it's pretty heavy, man. Yeah. <laughs> the original idea was for us to shoot a comedy. You know, because Justin was trying to tailor it towards me. You know what I mean? Right. And it was supposed to be a fucking comedy film. Bobby Lee was thinking, we're about casting Bobby Lee as his dad. <laughs> Could you imagine how different this film, film would have Yo, been? It would have been like his YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah. It would have been fucking nuts, dude. Yeah. <laughs> People don't know, man. Yeah. But it's 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 cool. Like the story and, you know, it, it kind of showed a certain type of Asian American characters that you don't see on film. It's like the kid, like the, the kid that I portrayed was me was when I was younger. Like mm -hmm. I didn't fit in anywhere. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to be something that a lot of people told me that I wasn't, but it's just who I was. And I was kind of caught in the middle of a lot of things. Like you're in this weird identity crisis. You don't know who you are. You're trying to do things right by your family, but you're trying to live your own personal life, but you're in this fucked up situation. So you don't, you feel guilt all the time. Yeah. You know, there's this one scene too that Justin, Justin and I were, it was just one long wide shot and it was just the, the part where he and I were fighting and he got mad because I was, I gave away free shoes, you know? Yeah, yeah. And for me, I'm trying to make the best of my situation, you know, like I got to be stuck at the store all day, so I got to fucking, you know, do what I can. But for Justin, this is like, Justin's character who's my older brother, he's trying to make ends meet and survive. Right. You know, this is what our parents gave us and we have to do this. You know, I'm left with this situation and so we're coming from two different areas and that was a, such a hard scene to do. And that's one of those things that uh, the movie captures that maybe people aren't catching is that small business life. Yeah, of it's every tough. like almost every Korean immigrant who runs, uh, like for your the movie's example, a shoe store, a laundromat, a fucking gas station, mm -hmm. a a fucking <laughs> VHS rental store yeah. <laughs> like, with one corner for yeah. porn <laughs> you know that you're saying? not supposed to look at. Yeah, like all these stupid little like small businesses for little commodities like and that's how we get by and our generation we're sitting here right now trying to define our own paths now like but that's what i love about gook like don't fucking forget like you, like your parents aren't living their dreams to be in america yeah <laughs> you know your parents are here so you can live your dreams if you're at school or doing whatever job you want to do and, and that, that, that was like very symbolic of what we did with the end of the film with the ending yeah. you know was as long as this store is around we're tied to it yeah. you know there's there's too much shit attached to it you know even for me when i was working at the store my i grew up working there my whole life and that was my dad's fail safe for me because he thought I was an idiot. <laughs> oh my God, though. That's. Parents felt this. They thought that I'm going to have to run the store from my life because I'm an idiot. Yeah that's, yeah, that's why my dad always had me work at the store and not my brother because my brother was a smart one. Mm. So I was the idiot. He goes, like, This idiot needs to make a living. So he has yeah. to learn how to run this place, you know? And they never really. Everything was out of their best intention they're looking out for me and i understand i didn't have great grades i was getting into fist fights all day you know i was bullied yeah. all the time yeah. i understand where the logic was coming from but i think maybe that's also if we just look back into it the reason why i'm always trying to prove somebody wrong was because that's how i had to start my career i had to i had a i had to gain my parents approval by making money 
in a career that I wanted to choose, which right. was comedy. Because they didn't see it being a viable option. They didn't think that I would survive making jokes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I understand it's pretty far fetched to think that. Right. So I had to go out of my and prove them wrong. I said, "Hey, guess what? I'm dropping out of college. I'm going to pursue this stuff, and I'm going to show you what's up. I'm going to show you what I can what I can do with the talent that I have." Right. And then you know, YouTube happened, and it blew up. Mm-hmm. And mind you, in stand up comedy, I wasn't doing bad either. I wasn't a great stand up comic, but I was like a 16 year old doing stand up comedy, and I was making people laugh. Yeah. So I I had a general understanding of it. I didn't know how if I was ever going to be great at it. And I still don't know now because I kind of stopped doing stand-up. But at the end of the day, that's where my chip in the shoulder came. It was because I always had to do something to prove somebody wrong. If somebody told me I couldn't do something, whether it was my mom or a dad, I was just like, hold on. I'll show you what's up. You yeah. know. And lo and behold, after I started making a name for myself, my dad comes in. He goes, I taught you everything you know. I'm like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> you jackass. I love you, but fuck you. You know? Dude, man, like. Yeah, I my dad never saw any of, of my videos. Yeah, not uh, even. In fact, when I graduated from the art institute, when when I came off uh, the fucking stage, got my diploma, and I saw him out in the lobby, he's like, "You got a degree in video? I thought you went to art school for like illustrate animation. What are you gonna do? Like, no support, right? He never." Watched my demo reel that I graduated yeah. with. Um, I don't think he saw any of my shit. It's crazy. Yeah. And not a whole lot of support, but behind my back to all of his church friends. Bragging. Bragging. Bragging that, oh, yeah, I'm out and doing it or whatever. And, like, I get it. It's it's their way kind of thing. But at the same time, like. Well, your dad was, like, emotionally inept. You know? Yes. Like, he just, he just didn't, <laughs> he didn't know. While he's saying this, in his heart, he's like. Good job, but oh, at the yeah. same time, he goes, "I can't show love this fucking kid." Yeah. But to everybody else, he'll make sure that he knows what's up because it's easier for him. He can't say it to you; it makes him feel weird, it makes him feel awkward. Yeah. You know, I actually roasted this kid in San Diego once, and I told this story before, but you know, I, I really dislike it when a, a lot of kids who are Asian American kids, specifically, I only say this from my personal experience, they want empathy from their parents, but they don't give it back to their parents. And I think that's like a hard thing for me to understand because they're hypocrites in the yeah. worst way possible. Yeah. So this kid came up on stage and I'm just going to, you know, I'll tell you this, I'll just cut it short. But essentially what happened was I was at this um, uh, college event and this kid was like, hey, what do you feel about Asian parents who don't let you pursue your dreams? Like, like I like I want to be a musician. My parents have shit at me. I fucking hate them for that. Like they won't let me do what I want. I was like, hey, dope. I was like, we got a fucking crowd of like 400 people or whatever. I don't remember the exact number. I was like, I got it. I was like, what do you, you play the guitar? He goes, yeah, I do acoustic stuff. I'm like, cool. We're going to have it perform. Everybody starts cheering. Cause he goes, ah, no, I'm good. I was like, boom, right there. I was like, you're full of shit. I was like, you keep saying that it's the reason why you can't do something is because your parents, you can't do it because you're scared. I was like, the biggest right. difference between you and your parents is that, and I know this because of age parents, I guarantee you, your parents would never stand in a crowd full of strangers and call you a piece of shit. They would do the opposite. They would say great things about you, but you are terrible because you stood in front of a room full of people who don't know your parents and you trashed them in front of all these strangers. This kid starts crying. <laughs> like he, starts, he starts tearing up and I'm like, I didn't mean to make him cry, yeah. but I'm saying like, how dare you? Like how terrible of a person are you that you want your parents to understand who you are, where you come from when you won't do the same? Because I can guarantee you, I understand why your parents did what they do, but I don't understand why you did what you did. You didn't have to do all that, right? And I said, you're full of shit. 
because I just gave you an opportunity right now to perform in front of a bunch of people, which most people would kill for if they really know what they're about. But you said no, and you choose not chose not to do it. The reason why you're not doing what you want to do because you're choosing not to. You want to have your cake and eat it too. You want your parents to pay for your tuition. You want your parents to buy you a nice car for you to go to school, do whatever you want, and support whatever the fuck you want to do with their money. <laughs> How terrible is that? It's just all entitlement. It's entitlement. Yeah. How fucking dare you? You want to have your cake and eat it too. Like that doesn't work that way. If you really wanted to pursue music, you would drop the fuck out right now. Figure out your music music shit. Say, mom, I'm going to work fucking three, four jobs and I'm going to make sure my dream happens. If you want to support me, please do it. But from here on out, I got to do what I got to do. I love you. I respect you. They might yell at you. They might hate you for a while. But if you believe that you have a God-gifted talent that you could prove the world and show the world that you have something, that's all on you. And what's stopping them? Themselves. They're just fear. <laughs> it's fear. Fear. They're just scared of like what other people think. I think it's because... I, I've been seeing this a lot um, with a lot of other tone sayings and just our colleagues and people around us, our peers, just um, not getting into what they want to do just because they, they're they afraid of what other people are going to think about yeah. it. And they'll just, place the blame on somebody else and they won't say it's because I'm scared. Nobody's going to get it great the first time. Yeah. Nobody. It's like my first videos are because of today's technologies, you can make great videos so easily straight out of Man, your iPhone. The amount and even just not even that, if you go to Premiere, there are so many Plugins, After Effects templates. All that shit. Did you know we had to build that shit ourselves? And pay for the plugin. Exactly. Like, you don't like, have to do that. Now they have like now they have uh they call them Mogerts, right? The motion uh motion graphic you know, it's a plug and play. I, yeah. I was shocked. I'm like, I had to go in After Effects and do this myself, which like, I don't even remember how to do anymore. Frame by frame mm -hmm. by frame. I've had to do this. Like even before DSLRs, so I had the big HDV camera and then I had a Lettuce 35 adapter so that I, I could put that a DSLR lens on it, but yeah. I still need the fucking Red Rocket or, or Red whatever. The Red One? No, the some fucking plate for mm. it or some shit. Like that shit cost me close to like, eight to ten thousand dollars and you can get a dslr now for <laughs> like the much? 5d mark three changed the game yeah like, it's kind of nuts um how innovative they were it's like you can now create films yeah. on your own the point being all of this we're saying you can just fucking do it yeah do you know how like all these hoops we had to jump to just to do our own shit and try like you don't have to be scared like my point about all that, whether it's going to be good or not, it's just like, it's your art. Yeah. It's your story. It's not whether it's good or not. It just is. It's yours. Yeah. I, you know? If I go back, I there's only a few videos that I've ever created that I could look back and say this was dope. Majority of them were just ideas that I put out. And, then it's, and sometimes it, it resonated with people and sometimes it didn't. And then the next one, you want to make a better, you know, a better like, content better like just one up that last one you those did. instagram rants recently that went viral they went insane they right. blew the fuck up millions of views right you think i wrote that shit out <laughs> just fucking yelling into a camera yeah i think people forget the um organic nature of content getting go going viral yeah yeah like Sometimes people just still happens. think there's a a, a formula and mm -hmm. try to plan it all there's out there's none yeah sometimes as long as you you're you're yourself yeah, who would have thought that this character, you know, this this North Korean character, this, <laughs> this defector, this North Korean defector would have got millions of views, you know? I just yeah. did that for fun. I thought it was a funny character that I based off one, my uncle, and this racist uh, dorm mate named Andrew Jang. <laughs>
It's literally based off of two people. It's this guy named Andrew Jang that fucking hated yeah. Japanese people. <laughs> and he was so open about it in the dorms. There's this kid named... Dirty Japanese. No, you say that? He's literally said that before. Like, There's this kid named Daryl Ajima. He's like a fourth generation Japanese kid. Came into the room while we were all kicking out. He goes, hey, you need to leave. <laughs> he goes, what? He goes, get out. And then I didn't know what was going on. And I'm like, hey, bro, why are you being so disrespectful to Daryl? Like, what's going on? He goes, he's a dirty Japanese. <laughs> He said, you know what they did in a, in a Korean war, in a world war? That's him. And I, I'm like, are you nuts? I, I got to be honest. I was like that. <laughs> because, because, okay, let's, let's put it into context, mm-hmm. right? Uh, when I was in 10th grade, I went to Korea for the first time. Mm-hmm. And they took me to their version of the Holocaust Museum. Oh, yikes. And I had, and that's one of those things, like, Imagine a Jewish dude who has no idea the Holocaust ever happened and then he went to a Holocaust museum. It's like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, so even me, I had no fucking clue this was part of our history, like all this, quite frankly, atrocities. And as a young, okay, I'm 15 years old. So I was, quote, indoctrinated into like hating Japanese people over this. A, politically just saying like they don't teach that history in their schools so a lot of modern japanese people don't even know yeah why koreans like feel so salty about it that's a lot of countries though like yeah. for example there's a lot of uh, uh they call themselves taiwanese but they're actually chinese people yeah they don't talk about the actual indigenous taiwanese people right there. you know what i mean they're just forgotten right <laughs> so i grew up with like that like ooh, Japanese people like that kind of yeah. in my, like this nationalistic Korean pride bullshit like that I carried for a while until like actually went to Japan this know? is awesome <laughs> <laughs> they have Pocky everywhere yeah, <laughs> and yeah I mean nice people <laughs> yes like it, it was one of those experiences was just like none of these people know they don't know either yeah, you know, you how are you gonna blame these? They don't fucking know <laughs> for the for some past fucked up people. They don't know what happened. Yeah, and um, and even to that, like the the, the interesting thing about that too is like Daryl was like a fourth fourth generation Japanese kid. The fool doesn't know anything yeah. about Japan. Like he keeps the Japanese name, but like yeah, he's white. <laughs> Why he grew up in Torrance or something? Yeah, he, <laughs> he did grow up in Torrance. <laughs> he did grow up in Torrance, and his mom is white as fuck too. You yeah. know, and so it, it's weird. Like I can't. Sometimes you know I've, I do back in the day a bunch of angry ass Korean people say you don't know what we went through but I was like bitch I was born in Korea dude yeah. my grandpa before he passed away he wrote and spoke Japanese I know yeah I know these things yeah y- you know what I mean like they were forced to they they had yeah they were just totally annexed my my grandpa holds no hate in his heart towards Japanese people mm. at all right. and mind you my my grandpa was like a war defector he didn't even go to war this one went to an island he. he <laughs> He ditched. He left. <laughs> this one fucking left with a bunch of other Korean people and went to one of those like islands and just chilled. Yeah. And wait for the war to come back. He's like, oh, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, over. Everybody, okay. I had no idea. Uh, you know? So that's what my grandpa did. My oldest aunt was born on one of those islands. She doesn't even have a fucking birth, birth certificate. Damn. Yeah. It's nuts. Like, yeah. So I, I know what's up. My grandpa would show me how to write things in Japanese and you speak Japanese all the time. And I'm like, what the fuck? This guy know how to speak Japanese? Well, I didn't know why, you know? My my thing was, like, yeah, I had that typical KP, Korean pride, nationalistic thing. Like, um, I think the funny part, too, was 
uh, I didn't know how ridiculously racist I was being <laughs> against Japanese people. Kind of think just because I was her- holding this resentment in my heart that wasn't even mine to begin with. And you went to Yoshinoya once, and you're yeah, like, "It doesn't belong are, to me. Cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's delicious." But um, I actually, I actually went to Japan after the uh, tsunami. Oh yeah, yeah, to ground like Ishinomaki, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just on the ground zero of of just doing some humanitarian work, and you actually meet these people, and when they look at me, they don't see me the same way just because I'm Korean. Yeah, right. I'm the asshole. <laughs> yeah. You know what the funny thing is, dog. I, I went when I because I've gone to Japan three or four times now, right? Mm-hmm. I went to Japan and I'm like, man, Korean people are shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Korean people, are, Korean people are 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 racist Asians that think they're better than Japanese people, but they act like the Chinese people that they hate. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Dude. I'm like, they're like judging other Asian races. There's, I'm like, there's like a hierarchy, and they like. They're the second place who like pour champagne on themselves. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, how fucking dare you? Like, I see like Korean people. Not like, even ju- second place. Yeah, yeah they're, like ju- judging like mainland Chinese people as I watch a Korean ajashi like squat on the floor and spit. <laughs> yeah, smoking, throwing cigarette butts on the floor. I'm like, <laughs> you know. And I go to Japan and everybody's super so, clean, very oh cordial. Though some of the best. Well, Korean cr- customer service is fucking amazing too, by the way. Yeah, but there's a lot of similarities and there are dis- dissimilarities. You know. Dude, I I made my first mistake because uh, I was a smoker. Uh, you see me tugging on these jewels. Uh, I was smoking at uh, what's that major intersection? Uh, uh, at, uh, Ishinomaki? No, uh, no, 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 Shibuya. Shibuya. Yeah, 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 I was there. And there's a little smoking park, mm-hmm. a little section where the statue of that dog is. Yeah, that's where everyone Hachi smokes. The dog. Yeah. yeah. So I'm smoking too. I'm talking with my friend. But okay, so like you're Korean American, you have a habit of spitting yes <laughs> when you, when you i was smoking with her and then I, and i look around and then like there's like 50 eyeballs like, on what me. the hell oh shit uh-huh. like you're you're not you can't spit yeah don't spit in japan <laughs> like i was like i didn't even finish my shit i just uh, like left i felt like such a fucking idiot yeah you've just it? been like yeah and then so you start wondering like why the fuck am i being such a dick yeah <laughs> like, what do i, I, like, what do I know the, i'm the asshole yeah yeah and a lot of it that a lot of that in my heart was changed because i was cleaning up dead sh- smelly shit underneath people's homes yeah smelling dead bodies and whatever like and to be down there and just like ultimately serving them mm-hmm. in return. This is all this. Oops. This story is all part of my Christian life back in the day. Yeah. But deep down inside, it was definitely something I knew that was wrong with me. I think, and which it's took almost, me there. But it's it's hard. It's interesting because that realization. It's you realize it, but it's hard to break out of it. It's almost like. I think for as human human beings, even though we know that we're wrong, it's hard for us to correct the behavior because we don't want to admit it. Because yeah. if we correct the behavior, that means we're admitting that we were wrong. I mean, you want to say human beings? I'm just trying to say Koreans. <laughs> <laughs> Is that pride? Yeah, especially towards Japanese. My dad has never said sorry. Right. My mom has never said sorry. My I don't mom even know said sorry have... once. My mom yeah. has never said sorry, dude. She's openly even said it to me. She goes, "I've never said sorry ever in my life." Wow. Yeah. <laughs> hey, remember? I haven't said it yet. Yeah. <laughs> hey, are you keeping count? Yeah. Because it's still she goes, zero. You know when I, she goes, well, you know when I know 
she goes, if I know that I messed up towards your dad, if I did something wrong, I just don't say anything. That's my sorry. I'm like, mm, mom. The Dennis Rodman move. I was like, oh, mom, that's not saying sorry. You, you're an asshole. You know? Like, for example, when I remember when I went back home uh, for last Thanksgiving. I won't end it on this note, but she, she asked my dad to get uh, a gallon of vinegar, right? And he comes back with like a half a gallon, right? And she starts going off on him. Like, why? Well, I told you to get a gallon of it. What, what is this? And I looked at him like, did you drive there? Did you go? Like, do you need the full gallon right now? I was like, how much are you going to use? She was like, just like a little bit. I'm like, why does it matter? It's because I said so. Exactly. It's because I said so. <laughs> and I looked at her. I was like, say sorry. Yeah. Right? She goes, never. <laughs> she just walks into the room. <laughs> Yo, and that full circle is moral Mulan. Nobody says sorry. Nobody says sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Bow down to authority. Yeah, just bow down. It's not sorry. It's repent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just grovel. Yeah. Well, everybody, that wraps up this episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. That was the a very thorough and extensive review of the Mulan film, one of the best Asian-American films I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. A cinematic masterpiece. Thanks, Disney. Thank you, Disney, for that. I appreciate you so much. Cast me in all your stuff. I'll make all your stuff better. Have a have a mushu in your film that curses all the time. <laughs> yeah. You can find Ed at Ed Park VP on Instagram and Genius Brain episodes every Thursday and Sundays, and we will see you all next time.